Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Well, welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and I'm so excited because I have a guest with me today that is, she is a celebration in and of herself. And (laughs) as we're celebrating five years with with Dwell being like a real company, you can memorize God's word with us. um, I wanted to have Lauren McAfee back on because she was our first podcast guest. So welcome back, Lauren. Yay. Thanks for having me. It's so fun to be back. It is amazing. I, I mean, like, honestly, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, how has it been that long? I mean, yeah. I know I interviewed you and our podcast kind of came out later, but still like that was like three years ago. That's crazy. I mean, especially during the pandemic years, I feel like time was just like, who knew what time it was and how many days it passed. Yes. But now, now, yeah, looking uh, back, it's crazy that it has been that long. So I love that for you guys. It's amazing what God's yeah. done. It is amazing. It's awesome. And so um, before we jump into our verse that we're looking at, and before we get started with that, I would love for our listeners to know a little bit about who you are and what your passion and your purpose is. But just to remind our listeners, if you haven't listened to our teaching podcast yet, our memory verse for this month is, your word is a lamp for my feet a light on my path. It's from Psalm 119, 105. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we dive into that, Lauren, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are. It's funny because before we were before we we were actually recording this, she was like, which part do you want me to talk about? <laughs> she's a multi-talented, <laughs> like got, she's got her fingers in a lot of different pies. She's wearing a lot of hats. Uh, so yes, what, what do you want to tell us about I'm today? Just a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I live in Oklahoma City. My husband and I both have basically been born and raised here in Oklahoma City, and um, we've been married for uh, 13 years. And we have one daughter uh, through the miracle of adoption, and she is four years old. Well, she would have me specify she's four and a half. You know, the <laughs> half is very important to her. Yeah. Uh, but she her name. Is- and she's amazing. And so, yeah, we, we, um, hang out here in Oklahoma, but we also are on the road a lot. So mm-hmm. I work at the Hobby Lobby corporate office in ministry investments. So Hobby Lobby has a philanthropy, um, department. And so I have the joy of getting to work in that space. And my husband is the founder of a nonprofit called inspire where their goal at inspire is to create experiences and trips that deepen people's faith. So they want to create um, experience, an experience that will deepen your faith. And so they get to do that. And they partner with Museum of the Bible. So we're in D.C. a lot with Museum of the Bible. My husband and I both used to for Museum of the Bible. So there's the, the connection there. But, uh, yeah, my husband and I both are bouncing around to different places for our work purposes. And so we try and travel together whenever possible since we both mm. travel for work. And Zion uh, joins us. And so... At any given week, we could be somewhere outside of Oklahoma, but this is where we <laughs> consider home. So we, um, yeah, love getting to, to be a part of the ministry work we're involved in. And my husband and I both are also both, both PhD students. Um, and so when we're not uh, traveling or working or hanging out with our family, we are studying 
uh, studying ethics and public policy. Wow. And, and when we're not doing that, we're probably writing because we are both authors. And so we've co-authored a book together and we're working on another one. So we're kind of keeping up with all those <laughs> different parts, not always well, but we love all of them. And so it's, there's a lot of joy in each, each of those different avenues. So oh my goodness. that's kind of what keeps us busy yeah. and what we're up to. Well, you guys are living like three different lives. <laughs> I, I feel like you're just cramming it all into one, but man, that is crazy. Yeah. I can't believe you're doing it all of that. It keeps it exciting. <laughs> well, if I don't know if, if you or listeners are aware of like the Enneagram thing, but mm -hmm. my husband is a seven, which is like the adventurer. And I am a three, which is the achiever. And so both of those numbers are like high energy numbers. And so I feel like the combination of my husband and I we kind of just feed off of each other and you know, he'll have an idea cause he's an ideas person. I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Or I'll think about something and he's like, that sounds awesome. Let's go for it. So. Wow. That <laughs> is incredible. A lot of joy in the things that we get to be a part of, which I think makes it fun and doesn't feel, you know, overwhelming and daunting cause we love it and we get to do it together, which is a lot of joy. Yeah. It's a lot that of joy. Is a that. lot of joy. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe if you were both going separate ways, it might be really hard, but because yeah. you're doing things all yes. together, it's like you're that power couple. You come together and you're just like, yes, we can do this together. Man, we, <laughs> we love working together, which is not the case for everyone, but it's, yeah, it's worked out for us. And so mm. we're grateful for that. So yeah, it is a lot of fun to get to work together on all those things. That's super funny because I feel like my husband and I, he's a pastor and then I do dwell. And I feel like people would think that that's all we do and all we talk about. But it's like there are times when we're like, yeah, no, we can't. We're just going to let that just be over there for now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. You know, it's it's sometimes hard totally. to create those like spaces where you can just be yeah. a couple and be romantic or whatever. Yeah. No, it's so good to do that, though. It does take intentionality. You're right. Like it, you have to be intentional to do that. Yes. So I but because especially when you're doing things you're passionate about, which I mean, you you guys are both a part of great things, too. I mean, ministry work and dwell yeah. is just a beautiful ministry. And so, yeah, you have to take the time, though, to just have the normal life conversations that isn't work or ministry related. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sometimes we have to just like put it over here on a shelf and like, okay, yep. we'll come back to it. It's always there. <laughs> it will come back it is, to right? us. It is always there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. what would you say of all the things that you just told us, what is the most exciting thing to you right now? Oh man. I, yeah. Well, getting to be a part of so many fun things, it is hard to think ooh, about one that I'm most excited about. I think, so my husband's, um, nonprofit inspire just hosted our first ever women's conference called Lumina and, um, me and Jen Wilkin, got to be the keynotes for that, just really teaching from scripture. Mm. And it was at Museum of the Bible and it was a lot of fun. It'll be um, a conference that we do every year. And it was just a joy to see women coming to Museum of the Bible and hearing from, you know, scripture, hearing teaching, having worship, and then going out into the museum and actually experiencing the Bible. So mm. hearing the teaching also interacting uh, firsthand with these biblical artifacts and the stories and, and the narrative and the history of the Bible and getting to watch that happen. My husband and I have been dreaming about the Lumina Women's Conference for, you know, like anything, a long time. And it just it takes time <laughs> it takes to actually time. take take it to 
um, executing it and having it come to fruition. And so the conference just happened this fall, um, um, back in 2022, the fall of 2022. And yeah, it was just a joy. It was a lot of fun. So we're starting to, again, you know, think about the conference for this year in 2023. And so that's a lot of fun. And also, um, I, I'm doing a, um, academic publishing work through my work that is on the Imago Dei, the image of God. Mm. And so I've gotten to work, I'm an editor on the series and it's been fun to just work with different scholars and academics who are writing on this topic of the image of God and the implications of what it means for us to, um, consider all human life being created in God's image. Mm. And what does that mean? What are implications? And so getting, I got to write a chapter for it and then I'm, I'm an editor on the work. And it's just been a lot of fun because again, it's diving deeply into sure and, and wrestling with these concepts and writing on it and, and helping think about what does that mean for our world? What does that think for a, mean for us to think about that well and apply it um, today? And so that is an academic work that comes out um, in uh, the end of 2023 as well. So just, yeah, I don't know. Those are probably two things that I'm like really excited about right now that are projects that have been going on and we're still working towards and um, just love the way that God's allowed us to be a part of these uh, really special and unique projects. That's really cool. That is really cool. Well, I I will be looking forward to reading that. I mean, I think that's a really interesting topic. And especially the, mm. like you said, the the ramifications of if we yeah. are made in the image of God, like if all people are, you know, image bearers of, right. of God, like what does that mean in terms of our ethics and how do we mm -hmm. live that out? So yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah it's Very good cool. stuff. It's yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could talk about all your projects the whole time, I'm sure, because you just, like I said, you have so many different hats that you wear. Um, but I think now is a good time for us to talk about our verse and, and honestly, like the work that you have done in your PhD and in writing and thinking about the mm -hmm. Bible and the museum of the Bible, it really like makes so much sense that you are the right person to talk about this verse <laughs> about God's word and the mm. value and the, 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 um, the necessity for God's word in our life, that, mm -hmm. that God's word is a lamp for our feet and a light on our path. Um, so going forward, like I would love just to take a, a second for anybody who didn't listen to our first podcast, I would recommend you go back and listen <laughs> to it. But if you didn't listen to that, to hear the context of this verse, can you just give us a hint into what Psalm 119 is all about? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love the way that you so helpfully outlined it in your podcast, but Psalm 119 is a very long psalm um, and written by a psalmist who is just uh, reflecting on the glory of God's word. I feel like that's kind of just reading through that psalm. You just continue to see the psalmist is pointing back to God's word and the magnificence, the glory, the meaning that it gives our life as mm -hmm. it does light our path. And structurally, I love the way that Psalm uh, 119 uses the Hebrew language as a structure for how it's outlined. So there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and Psalm 119 contains 22 sections of that. And so if you know the Hebrew language, uh, it the alphabet, it, it starts alphabet and, and goes through all of the different Hebrew letters in each of these sections. And so in your Bibles, you'll be able to see those letters. And so where you read that, you'll see mm -hmm. Aleph. That's a Hebrew letter. And so it's kind of starting this 
these um, sections of the verse. But um, I, I had to take Hebrew whenever I was getting one of my master's degrees in theology, and I I did not like Hebrew. <laughs> it's a very complicated <laughs> language. So if uh, there are people yeah. out there that know it and retained it, good for you. You don't have to know Hebrew, though, <laughs> to be able to just kind of understand that and appreciate that there's like this beautiful structure. The psalmist was mm-hmm. um, really being intentional to meditate and think through um, God's word and then reflecting on that in a very organized way. So um, there's those 22 sections. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the psalmist is just pointing to God's word, its goodness, and, and the goodness of it for our lives and how it does light our paths. And so... Um, yes, as Natalie mentioned, you should go back and listen to her podcast because it will give you so much more context for this passage. But I, and I also encourage you to read through the whole passage. It is long. Psalm 119 is long, um, but it's filled with a lot of, um, a lot of beautiful wisdom and, um, just encouragement, I think for our lives. Yeah. I love how it's written in the first person singular too. It's the psalmist saying, I delight in your Mm -hmm. law. On it, I meditate day and night. You know, all of these these uh, verses in there are verses that if you wanted to memorize any more verses from Psalm 119, something that really, you know, speaks to you in your situation, you could find a verse. uh, One of the verses, uh, verse 28, I think says, my soul is weary Mm. with sorrow, strengthen me according to your word. Like this idea that there are verses in there for your particular context, that if you put those in your heart, they become sort of a rhythm, a promise for you to hold on to and cling to in your situation. Um, There's another one that talks about um, something about how in my youth, your words kept me from sin. Um, Just, you know, like wherever you are, what season of life you're in, there are 176 (laughs) verses in there. There's going to be at least one that you're like, ooh. That's right. the one. That's the one I need to memorize. So yeah, I would I would encourage you, like Lauren, that 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 would be a really great um, thing for you to do to go through and read it and just uh, you know ask the Spirit, like God, give me give me your words mm-hmm. for my right now, and then you know it's it's not they're not very long, they're pretty easy to memorize. So so just take one of those and and let it be some words for you in this season yeah. right now. Oh, amen. Um, so good. Yeah. So this verse tells us that God's word is like a lamp and mm-hmm. it lights our path. So I'd love to just kind of focus in on this specific verse in that in that, you know, teaching episode we talk a lot about Psalm 119 as a whole, but this verse specifically like how do we apply it in our lives? How have we found this to be true in our yeah. lives? Lauren, what what about you? Is there does this verse really speak to something that you found to be true in your own life? Man, it does. I mean, this passage is so powerful. I mean, specifically for my life, I'll, I'll share a little bit about um, a personal uh, example in a minute. But I just want to reflect, though, on this passage saying, um, kind of mentioning the darkness and light here and that mm. that God's word is a lamp for our feet. It does bring light. God's word is light for our lives and for our path. And God, not only God's word in, in, in the scriptures that we have, but it also makes me think of John 1, uh, 1 verses 1 through 5. Uh, it starts, uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And this passage, when it uses the word 
word, it means Jesus. So Jesus was mm-hmm. in the beginning and because Jesus was the word who became flesh. Jesus took on flesh, was fully man, fully God and came to earth. And so the whole of scripture, the word of God is pointing to Jesus and Jesus is now the living word once we get to the New Testament. And in and in later in the verses here in John 1, it says in him, which is Jesus, in him was life and the life was the light of men. So you have this kind of in, in the New Testament looking at the significance of light for darkness. Um, and I love the tie of the Old Testament here in this passage and the New Testament, both saying, look, God's word and the point of God's word, which is Jesus, both will bring light into your life. And uh, verse five of John says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness is not overcome it. So the darkness if you if you go into a space that is dark and it's you bring a light into it the light kind of takes over and you see the light everywhere but it doesn't go the other way if you bring a piece of darkness into a light room and then expose that darkness i mean the darkness goes away the darkness doesn't mm. overcome things so the light is the only thing that can overcome the darkness darkness cannot overcome the light and so as we think about kind of wanting to guide our lives and, and live our lives in light of this passage, we should be wanting to dwell in God's word and, and dwell in relationship with Christ because those are the things that bring light into our life. And even even in hard times and, and especially in the darkest of seasons, I think that's more significant than ever. So um, yeah. kind of talking about my own personal experience, um, my husband and I, we adopted our daughter Zion, and she was home for seven weeks with us. Cancer, um, and so we walked through a cancer diagnosis, a surgery, chemotherapy. She's three years into remission now. We praise God for that. But through that experience, um, was a season of what felt like a lot of darkness because of our circumstances. Yeah. And then not only that, but we um, went through the adoption process again. Once Zion was in remission, we adopted and brought home a baby boy from the hospital. And um, the birth mom chose us to parent. And we had that child with us for a year. And after having a son for 12 months, um, there was a there was a, cont- a contested adoption in our case. And so we ended up having to say goodbye forever to our son. Um, just over a year ago. And so after having a child with us that was our son for a year and then having to say goodbye forever and we haven't heard or seen from him since and the loss, I mean, it, it truly, it's obviously, you know, that we knew that could always be the case. Um, it was, it seemed very likely that he would stay with us, our son. Um, but even knowing that was the case, I mean, it was, it felt like the loss of a child and, walking through the aftermath of of that was just i would say the darkest season of my life in terms of just the grief was was very it was just so heavy and in both of those situations kind of walking in what felt like just darkness i there there was nothing in me that i was able to find hope in the only thing that I found that helped me to see hope was to looking to scripture and looking to Christ Um, because of the promises that we see in them, because of what I knew to be true in God's word, 
um, you can read in Revelation. You know that God is going to make all things right someday. And the promises of this hope for our future, even in our, if our circumstances feel hopeless and so dark, there is light and there is hope and there is a better future and promises that Christ has given us because of his sacrifice and us being able to have a relationship with our God that is our creator and loves us and knows us. And, and because he was human through Christ, he also knows what it is to walk through earthly sorrows. I mean, Jesus certainly had experiences in his earthly life that brought him great grief. And so that means he can relate to us on that. And that's, again, just another one of those beautiful gifts that scripture has given us. And so to be able to look to scripture in the dark times and look to Christ in those dark seasons of my life gave me hope that brought light into the darkness and um, really was just, you know, a foundation for me when it felt like you know, the earth beneath me was shaken and shattering. Mm. I knew that there was this foundation of scripture that had been poured into me. Um, and I had, you know, invested in knowing God's word, which helped give me the strength when I was feeling weak. Um, but then also even had new meaning for me. I mean, mm. when you've walked in darkness and in grief and in deep sorrow, like the the meaning of what you hold on to in those moments has so much more depth. Yeah. So walking through those trials and having Christ with me in it and God with me in it. Um, one of the gifts of walking through it is definitely having, you know, this deeper appreciation for it that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And so mm -hmm. I do think that is one of the gifts. And so for people that are, you know, whatever it is that people are walking through, I think looking to this passage and being reminded that God's word does give light for our path. And for people that are in the hard season right now, you know, look to God's word. But for those who aren't, I, I encourage you all the more, look to God's word so that you have that in you when you do face the trials and the hard seasons and mm -hmm. what feels like the dark seasons of our life. Mm. Wow. Lauren, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I am so sorry to hear about all of that. I, I, I definitely kind of knew that was going on and I've been, uh, you've been on my heart and have been praying for you. And, um, yeah, I just, thank you. It is, it's all the more encouraging though, to hear how, how these promises um, mm -hmm. in God's word aren't just for the good times and the happy moments and the, you know, that the Christian life we're not promised is going to be this hunky dory, happy go lucky, <laughs> you know, rainbows and puppy dogs. It really can be a trial, you know, in this world, you will yeah. have, have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. The light overcomes mm -hmm. the darkness. Like there, there mm -hmm. is just that truth. And when you've experienced that, when you have lived that out, it becomes all the more real to you. It, it reminds me of yeah. one of the verses um, in Psalm 119. It says uh, in verse 140, it says, your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. Like mm. you have tested yeah. those promises 
And because that, yeah, that's so good. You love them because you've seen them. Like there are verses to me that God has used in my life to draw me through and to uphold me in really difficult seasons that I can't mm -hmm. read them without weeping because they're <laughs> just so powerful to me because I, I know how difficult that season was. And yet, you know, when we fix our eyes on what is unseen and not what is seen, we we experience just a little piece of that eternal promise, like you were, were talking about in Revelation, that God is going to bring about all things to, to their complete, full, mm -hmm. beautiful restoration, and we'll wipe every tear from our eyes. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just I just appreciate you sharing that with us, Lauren. Really do. Yeah, thanks. Well, um, this verse, like you said, it tells us that we need the light. It tells us that, you know, there is darkness. There's darkness around us mm -hmm. and there's darkness even in us. And we need God to, to light up those dark places. So what does that look like practically in your life? You know, it might look differently over seasons of life. Um, but how, how do we do that? Yeah. How do we allow God's word to sort of penetrate in and to light our path? Yeah, I think that, I mean, like I mentioned just a minute ago, like you have to be in the word. <laughs> that's, right. I mean, that's super basic, uh, but practically like you have to be in the word if mm -hmm. you're going to allow it to be your light. And so, um, like I mentioned, you know, in in the hard seasons, it I, I was not always, well, I'm often not motivated to be in the word. Mm. And especially in those hard seasons, I, it felt like everything was just so draining to do anything mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I, I, I was still committed to being in the word, but it was being able to look back and see like, okay, I've been putting God's word into my life every day for years. And that is what is helping sustain me now in the hard times mm. to go to God's word. And so you know, being in the word in the good times um, will, I think, help in the hard times for sure. And so it is a commitment. I mean, it, spiritual disciplines is, you know, <laughs> something that we talk about in the Christian faith. They do take discipline. Mm -hmm. They take discipline to, you know, carve out the time in God's word, spend time in prayer, be in biblical community, be in church. Um, but having those, all of those different ways that we're allowing God's word to come into our lives and be poured into us um, are necessary for us to then know how to kind of live that out and apply that in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in mm -hmm. and, um, and to be the light. So I remember whenever I was homeschooled until eighth grade and my dad would teach us math. And so um, dad had a and still has a typical, you know, nine to five job. And so he would teach us, me and my siblings, our math lesson before he went to work. So we would have to get up like super early <laughs> at like 630. Oh, and you we would it. do our math from oh, <laughs> math man. at 630 is the <laughs> best. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Who doesn't want to do math at 630? Yeah. <sighs> so we, me and my siblings, we'd get up at 630 and go downstairs into my dad's study. And we would all kind of, he'd get us all started our math lessons and um, before he was going to have to head out to work. And, and then my mom would teach us the rest of our lessons. And I remember every morning it would, we would be up before the sun was out. And so it was dark and it was like, I just wanted to be in bed. It was dark outside, but you're crawling out of bed, 
walking down the stairs and there was always just this little bit of light streaming from his office, mm. like the office door that was open because the light was on in his study and he was already there. And I would walk down those dark stairs and see the beginning of the light shining from his office. And I'd always, I'd turn the corner into his office and see him sitting there reading the Bible. Mm. And just like that light was lighting a path for me and giving me light, my dad was taking time to put the light of God's word into his life mm. first thing in the morning. And seeing that discipline that my dad was practicing of first thing every morning, even though it was really early, <laughs> he was putting God's light into his life. Mm. And and that was um, you know, a, a beautiful example for me that's definitely shaped me into figuring out my own disciplines. And so, you know, for my dad, it was first thing in the morning. For me, practically, I do my Bible reading at night. I'm a night person. I am not a morning person. And so I always do my Bible reading at night and I journal. I have a prayer journal that I write in every night. And I just, I feel like writing it helps me to focus in on kind of spending time in prayer thinking about what, and I always write down what the passage was that I read for that day in my prayer journal. And so, you know, in terms of practically speaking, there's a million different ways that I think people can find that works for them mm -hmm. to be engaging with the Bible. And, and you know, I, I never am too prescriptive about that because I think we, we each, you know, have our own ways of learning and connecting and figuring out. But I think just the, definitely the word that I would say is be in the word, like find mm -hmm. the way mm -hmm. that it works, find the time that it works for you, find the discipline <laughs> or the accountability yeah. to help you have a discipline to be in the word. And so sometimes that has meant like, you know, I have friends that will memorize verses together with because mm. I just need that extra accountability. And, you know, I know that they're going to be checking in with me and asking me like, hey, did you, did you do it? <laughs> memorize oh, this verse? Yes. <laughs> and having that accountability can help. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it does take discipline yeah. and effort, but it's, again, it's like, it's so worth it because it does bring that light and that stability and that, um, guidance for our lives. Mm -hmm. So always, always hard, but always mm -hmm. worth it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I appreciate what you're saying about your dad. I feel like that's a good word for parents out there. Like you yeah. really are modeling things for your kids and it's amazing how they remember those good and the mm -hmm. bad, <laughs> you know, I have teenagers, so they have a <laughs> yeah. tendency right now to bring up the bad, but, um, <laughs> you know, there is something about being in your Bible and your kids seeing you do that, that really says yeah. something about, I'm not just, I'm not just giving yeah. you a list of rules to follow because I want you to be a good human and not have to like deal with your issues. It's that I need this. We all need this. It's yeah. not a list of rules. It's a relationship that I have with God and therefore I, yeah. I prioritize it and I, I spend time with him. Um, so this particular Absolutely. verse, I love how it's, it's, a, it's a verse about discernment, right? It's a verse about hmm. um, God illuminating for us, revealing to us the way in which we should go. Um, and so when we think about God lighting our path with his word, are there things that we just like, we know they're off limits or how do we know, like, what is this verse telling us about discernment? Yeah. I think that's a great question for 
for every for believers in every generation. I was going to say for this generation, but it's like always, right? right. It's always. <laughs> but we certainly, I mean, in our culture here in Western culture, I think have to be thinking about what are paths that are off limits. What are how do we know what is right and wrong? And there there has to be some kind of truth and guiding principles that we're looking to as believers. For only for everyone, everyone has to decide what that is for them. Believers, that should be scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I mentioned earlier, I'm getting a PhD in ethics and ethics is derived from the Greek word ethos, which means the way of living. So ethics is about discerning the way of living. So how do you apply things into your daily life is kind of the study of ethics. So how do you take principles and belief systems and then apply those to decision making and and application in life to help kind of guide your decisions? So in in terms of thinking about ethics, it kind of is looking at morals that govern our decisions or applying rules and beliefs that we have. So I am, you know, an ethics nerd, and so I'm not going to get all into ethics on you here. But it just, just give us a little, little tiny context, peek. I do think. <laughs> I was like, I I do think that that helps to think about mm-hmm. though a passage like this where we are thinking about. Um, kind of decisions and paths of right and wrong, because we should be looking at scripture and ethics is just kind of the outpouring of that in our lives. And so as we read the Bible and we have what we know to be truth and we know what's good and what is bad, and we, and we know because scripture teaches us that living in a fallen world, there are things that are sinful Mm -hmm. and we do live in a world with sin. And so how do we think about applying our, our understanding of what the Bible teaches in our lives? And that does mean that there are, like you said, rules. Like the Bible does have rules. It is ultimately about a relationship. And those rules, though, exist to help us see the need for that relationship in part. So, you know, looking at the Old Testament, part of the 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 point of seeing all of these laws and the rules that they had was to show how humanity is so fallen and could never measure up. And that's why when we get to Jesus and you see Jesus in the New Testament, it's such a gift because Jesus is the one who took on the punishment for our sin because we could not meet up to the Mm -hmm. standards that, that God has given because the standard is perfection. God is perfect. And so Jesus took on the wrath of God for us in his death on the cross so that we can have his Christ righteousness on us because he lived a perfect life. And when we have a relationship with him, we have that. And so because of his death and resurrection, we have this gift. But there are also other reasons why there are those rules. And there are rules that still apply today because they do bring um, flourishing for mm-hmm. our lives. So as we think about the Bible and the things that we might call like, quote unquote, rules, um, or things that are off limits or, or things that we should always, uh, you know, know, okay, like this is a sin. God has given us that because he cares for us and because he wants our good. And so as we live life according to what the Bible has taught and outlines, uh, it does bring about human flourishing. And so we have to know what the Bible says and know what the Bible teaches about different things to be able to then mm-hmm. apply it. And, and like I said, when we do that, we, we do apply the teaching 
to our decisions, to our, to our lives, to the way we live our lives, kind of meaning we're getting into that ethics. We're thinking about applying that. And it does bring about our good. And, and then ultimately God's glory. I mean, the ultimate goal of our lives should be to bring glory to God. And how can we do that? It's by obeying him, obeying him and his word. And like I keep saying, you have to know what the word <laughs> says to be able right, to apply right. it. <laughs> so uh, like being in God's word um, is so fundamental for then kind of applying that and living out the ethics and the ethos of what it says. And, you know, I recently heard someone who, uh, th- this was a friend of mine talking about a conversation she had had with another believer and the believer was talking about, she was about to, she was kind of trying to make a decision about whether or not to do something that is clearly outlined in scripture as something that's wrong. And the friend said, you know, well, I prayed about it and I felt a peace about it. So I'm just going to go ahead and make this decision. Mm. And that I think can be very common and tempting to say we've prayed about it or talk to one person who maybe says they're a believer and we know isn't going to give us a pushback (laughs) on our lifestyle choices and say like, yeah, like this, I think if you agree, like, I think I'm going to do this and, and then kind of take these steps into walking away from what we know to be right and wrong as outlined in scripture, but do it under the guise of, well, I I have a piece about it because I prayed Mm -hmm. about it. And it, we should be praying about things and, and that is good, but we should also always be looking at li- lining up what we feel a piece about with God's yeah. word. And because the Holy Spirit is never going to say something in contradiction mm. to scripture. And so again, knowing what the Bible says, because we see in Jeremiah seven, seven uh, Jeremiah 17, nine says, the heart is deceitful above mm-hmm. all things. And so we can deceive ourselves into some false peace because this decision I want to make that goes against scripture is going to make me feel good for the time because it's what I want. Um, our hearts deceive us into thinking, ah, yeah, it's well, probably the Holy Spirit. Getting <laughs> right. When really it's just our own self, uh, you know, and delusions <laughs> of wanting to do what yeah. we want to do. And so having the scripture in us is the way and knowing what our true North is by knowing what God says is, is, the right yeah. thing, <laughs> but, and, but it's also for our good. It ultimately is yeah. for our good. And that's what, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, trying to remind people of is that God didn't just give us these guidelines or these, you know, like I said, quote unquote rules, um, because it's, I don't know, because he's mean, but because he loves mm-hmm. us. I mean, just like any parent that gives guidelines and rules to your children for their safety and because you love right. them, it's it's done out of love and God loves us and we're his children and he's a good and loving father. And so he he knows what is good for us and he knows what is best. And he's given us his word as the gift to help guide us in that. Mm-hmm. And so the more that we know his word and then, and then you know, choose to live by it, um, that is God honoring and, and, and like I said, will bring him glory and, and that's what we should be aiming for. That's a great word, Lauren. I, I feel like, um, I was just reading in Jeremiah today. It's not just that our hearts are deceitful, but, um, it, it talks about in, in Jeremiah, how the leaders, uh, who are supposed to be the shepherds are leading the sheep astray. Um, and mm. we, you know, we do have sometimes friends who we know aren't going to give us that pushback, you know, like you're saying, (laughs) and we know better, 
when we're trying to make that hard decision. And yet <laughs> yeah. we sometimes are like, I think I'm going to go ask her because I know what she's going to say. She's going to be like, uh -huh. sure. When reality is, it's like, I should be, <laughs> I should ask this other person who is going to shoot straight with me mm -hmm. <laughs> because I always do. Yeah. You know, yep. um, we should have a friend like that in our lives who, who is going to call us yeah. to account, yeah. who we've given permission to do that for us. Um, mm -hmm. but ultimately, yeah, we, if, if we're not measuring those things by God's word, which is the standard, then we're going to, yeah. human nature is to wander is to just pursue our own delights yes, and is. passions and fancies. <laughs> and, and we're going to do that. Um, but here's, here's a tough question for you. What do you do when you have two ethical choices before you? You're like, mm. this could be God honoring. Mm -hmm that could be God honoring. Now what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Cause I do feel like most probably of our daily decisions or kind of things that come up in life are that type right. of situation where it's, you know, there's maybe not an obvious, like, Oh, this is clearly outlined in mm -hmm. scriptures wrong, but you have opportunity. Maybe it's like two new job opportunities or just even different paths you could take that are both right. good. Um, I remember whenever I was trying to decide where to go for college, I felt like, you know, I had two good options and, you know, felt good about both of them and was like, okay, well, you know, I'll just pray that God shows me clearly, like, which one's the right mm -hmm. one. And, you know, after weeks of praying about it, it was getting closer to when I needed to make a commitment and a decision. And I felt like I just didn't have any clarity. I was still like, I don't know. Like, why is God not just telling me, like giving me an audible voice saying, right. hey, go here. Um, but there were two good decisions. And I, I think the Lord allows us to make some decisions that, you know, we can just step mm -hmm. into. And um, I'm always encouraging, you know, having learned from that and, and just my own tendencies to maybe sometimes be hesitant about committing to something because I want to do the mm -hmm. right thing. Um, I've had friends encourage me of this and I've encouraged, then encouraged it on to other friends of, you know, if you, if you have good options, just make, you know, spend time in prayer and listen to godly wisdom. And as long as they're both, you know, those things are giving you peace and clarity about either one, just make a decision and just mm -hmm. go with it. Um, because I can tend to sit around and wait too long and then I'm wasting the time that I could be using, you know, walking down that path and allowing God to have for me what he has on whatever mm -hmm. step it was, mm -hmm. you know, either direction it was. And um, to just trust that in God's sovereignty and in his providence, like he already knows what I'm going to choose. And so my job is to just to make the choice and to start walking in that direction. and. And along the way, allow God to, you know, guide me in that and seek to glorify him in it. Yeah. And so uh, I'm, yeah, I tend to say, you know, once you've looked at scripture, you've prayed about it and you've, you know, sought godly wisdom, make a choice and, you know, mm -hmm. go for it and, and be willing to uh, take those steps forward. I totally agree with that. Um, it's funny though, because my husband and I have this running joke, um, that one of the the other day, one of our daughters was saying how, you know, we, it was our anniversary and they're like, oh, you guys are soulmates. And Jason goes, well, I don't really believe in soulmates. <laughs> and I'm like, I acted all mortified, like, no, why? You know? <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, it's, if you find a person who is a godly person and you are equally yoked and, and you feel like God is 
is, you know, said to marry that person, you commit to that person, you stay faithful to that person, you make a covenant, then, then that is your soulmate in that sense. But he's like, I could have married somebody besides your mother who would have, you know, fit that those things. And that would have been good too. And I was like, Oh no, you know, of course he couldn't have done that. I do believe in soulmates. (laughs) Totally. Uh, But the reality is though, is that we do, we often have these two equally good paths and it's okay for us to just trust that we can pick one and walk in it and be, yeah. and, and be yeah. faithful in that, exactly. you know, and not have to waver mm. forever or be paralyzed. I have a tendency to be paralyzed by those kinds of decisions. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really good, that's a really good word because I do think the majority of decisions that we make kind of fall into that category of like, you know, yeah. it's, it's a benign choice either way. And it's okay mm. for us to just make a choice. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. And just, you know, pray about it, make the choice. And and there you go. Take yeah, those steps, yeah. <laughs> which can, can be, hard. be hard. Yeah. For people that can get, yeah. I mean, I get it. Okay. So I have, I have several more questions and I don't know where to go because we're running out of time. Um, but I do think <laughs> There is something that I that I want to ask you because I think one of the one of the things that light does is it exposes us, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes God's word reveals something in us that we don't want to see. Yeah. What do we do when God does that? When when He gives us He exposes some some sin in our life, and yeah. um, how do we how do we deal with that? How have you dealt with that in the past, Lauren? Yeah, you know, there have been so many times in my life where I have wanted to think something or wanted to believe something that when I went to scripture and was reading God's word, I just, I I knew that what felt or believed was not alignment with God's teaching. Mm -hmm. And it is hard when the scripture is convicting you about something or shaping you in a way that you don't want to go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, usually when I'm in those situations, I remind myself that, I mean, God's word is true. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, it is not my job. I am not God. It is not my job to fit and shape the Bible into a worldview that fits me and, and is shaped to me. Mm-hmm. I shape my beliefs and my views and my convictions to what scripture says. And so there have yeah certainly been times when I've wrestled through something that I wanted to believe, but I just, I kept studying scripture and kept looking at scripture and said like, I, my convictions about this regardless of how I feel like it has to be conformed mm-hmm. to the word. Mm-hmm. And that I think like that is not easy. I mean, there are still things that I even, even like theological beliefs that I have that I, I keep going back and like, no, like this is what God's word says. This is what yep. I have to believe about this. Yep. And, and knowing that God is God is God <laughs> and I am not. Right. And so he knows better than me yeah. the right way for that things in our life should play out. And so um, I think kind of the reminder of who God is and, and that I'm not him <laughs> <laughs> helps me in that in terms of, okay, like he's, he's the one that created everything. So I would think he probably knows better <laughs> than me. <laughs> and so I'm going to trust him even when I don't feel like it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I recently had a long conversation with my daughter about a theological point that she just really didn't love. And it was it was really kind of a beautiful thing because I felt like here she is really grappling with hard things. And I'm like, I remember grappling with this. And I, it's still not an easy concept to really wrap your mind around. But if God is God, then we have to submit ourselves to him. And there's going to be different things for different people that are going to rub us the wrong yeah. way, ways that we are exposed mm -hmm. or ways that we feel like, oh, but I, but I want to do, <laughs> I want to do that. Or I want to believe that. And it's okay for us to have those emotions and feelings. And yet the right thing to do is to submit those under the word of God and allow it to be the thing that yeah. forms us. Like you said, that it, it forms us. We don't form it, unfortunately. <laughs> Actually, very fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> for everybody involved. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, one last question for you. Um, I I I love this verse. I love that it's a verse for us in January as we start the new year. And just thinking about how could how can memorizing this verse and meditating on this verse help set the tone for us in 2023? Yeah. Well, I think this is a perfect verse for having at the beginning of the year as like you said setting the tone kind of for for a season for a year as it is reminding us of the importance of god work god's word i mean i've said over and over <laughs> on, on the podcast today like be in god's word know god's word apply god's word study god's word so yeah. um that i feel like this passage is just at a high level just that reminder of the significance of God's word, mm -hmm. what it provides in our lives. It does provide a light for our path and, and the goodness of that. And so what a beautiful way to start our year reflecting on that, meditating on that and memorizing this passage and allowing that to be the launching pad for our year of wanting to be committed to doing all of those things that I just mentioned, studying it, reading God's word, meditating on God's word, memorizing more of God's word, mm -hmm. applying God's word, allowing that to shape us in, in who, who we are for the year. And, and that should be, you know, for all of our years for yeah. believers. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's a perfect verse for starting the year. And I do hope that, you know, for the listeners that they will memorize it, that they will um, go to the dwell, you know, website and see other ways that dwell through other scripture memories can help them throughout the year mm -hmm. and, and really make scripture the core focus of their 2023. Yes. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for joining me. Um, this month specifically, we are going to have a lot of resources for you. Um, we actually aired a podcast interview um, with Tara Lee Cobble, where she talks about the Bible recap and just trying to, to give you resources where you can spend time in mm -hmm. God's word this year in 2023. It, we really want to grab a hold of you right now where, while you're still thinking about those New Year's resolutions and, and help you resolve to be in God's word in 2023. So however we can do that for you, we're going to, we're going to just do that all month long and really hope that this would be something that would be just your resolution for, for 2023. Um, but again, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you. I love that you're back with us and maybe when you get, you know, a little further along in your books and they're coming out, you can come back on and tell us a little bit more yeah. about those because we would love to, to hear about those oh, and awesome. to hear how, how God is at work in, in those ways in your life. So man, well, thanks for having me. I always love what the work that you guys do and love getting to join you. So thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Lauren. 
Hey, are you looking for a place to connect with other people who are memorizing this month's verse? We got you covered. Guess what? We have a Dwell Differently official Facebook group that you can join and we're over there chatting about what this verse means and how it is affecting our daily lives. So go check it out on Facebook, the Dwell Differently official Facebook group. 